It's Loving the Strange with Carrie Jones and Sean Farrar. Loving the Strange, a podcast for weirdos and those who want to be weirder. Embrace the strange. New episodes every Saturday, live streaming Fridays. Loving the Strange. Check us out. Hey, welcome to Loving the Strange. Hello, baby. And it's a live podcast in honor of October, where we're going to start a month-long, hopefully, series of spooky things. Hopefully. We got... Hopefully. October is actually a five-Saturday, or, you know, five-Friday month, so we missed the first one. But that's all right. If we do these four, then that still constitutes a month, right? I think so. It does for us. We make our own rules here. Heck, Yeah. It's all about about making our own rules, and That's this right. and this spooky one uh, is not about Sean or me, although we are a little spooky. It's actually about spooky objects: possessed bunk beds, possessed dolls, <coughs> plantation mirrors. It's all about creepy things like that, and we're gonna try wicked hard not to cough throughout the podcast. We'll try. <laughs> and, um, and, and we're a little high on cough drops right now, but it's all going to be good. It's going to I feel fly. like I should put my I, mask on. I know. I do too. But um, Dee is here and Doug is here. Hey, Dee. Hey, Woo-hoo! Doug. It's good to see you. Shundi, you have a creepy object story. Also, if any of you have creepy object stories, please feel free to share. Do you mean to have a be- personal one? Like a spooky or a creepy one? Like, is no, there like any a object? personal one, I mean? Yeah. Like one I didn't look up online? Yeah. Oh, not really. But you you know, I always say no. My only creepy object one was, and, and, I, and I really don't even want to talk about it, because I, I failed her. I failed her. I failed her. <laughs> was a doll from, from Redwood. Tell us about the doll from Redwood. Well, I used to caretake at this property called Redwood. And uh, the owners cleaned out the attic one time and they asked me if I would take all the stuff they wanted to throw away to the dump. So as I was loading it up, I came across this really old, moldy, nasty looking doll. Oh, that's insulting. It was. But Don't it was... talk about your woman that way, man. Don't talk about it. <laughs> but when I picked her up to throw her in the back of my truck, I I felt like I just couldn't. I, I wasn't going to take her away from her house. So, without telling the owners, I took her back in the house and I took her down, <laughs> to, <laughs> I took her down to the basement and put her on the workbench in the corner against the wall where she sat for like two years. And I used to talk to her every time I'd when I was doing my house checks and I'd go down in the basement, I'd talk to her. <laughs> and uh, Did she talk back, baby? No, she didn't talk back. She never moved. She probably wasn't haunted, but even if she wasn't haunted, she really didn't want to leave that house. But I'm sure she's gone now because this year the house was sold. And the family that owned it for almost 60 years lost it. And uh, the doll has moved on. In more ways than one, maybe. In more you know, ways than one. You know, come to think of it, I bet, I bet, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, where they take the trash 
Like the, the big, dump? no, the big giant, the landfills. I bet landfills are haunted as hell. <laughs> but there's some, nothing cool that for the ghosties to do, like in no, a landfill. They just got to come out and dance around on the smooth mountaintop, I guess. <gasps> Get high on methane gas. <laughs> <laughs> the smell of old potato peels. Yeah. But think about how much haunted it's stuff nice. gets thrown away. How many Ouija boards end up in the dump after they scared the crap out of some kids or adults? Most people burn them. Um, In my family, they burn the Ouija board after it freaks you out. How many cats get shoveled up off the street and thrown into a dumpster? Okay, that's rude. I'm just saying. All these that's things. Rude. But like... Remember that story from another podcast about that doll, the frozen Elsa doll, and it kept coming back to the family over and oh, over yeah. again after they tried to throw it away? I know. That's why ours is still in the closet. <laughs> I know it is. So maybe they don't really get to go to the landfill. Maybe, Or maybe they climb out of the landfill and then they come back. Maybe they never. the haunted well, things really aren't there. The doll should come back here then, not go to Redwood. No, the doll should not come back here. We could be a, why? No, because Look, I don't want a haunted doll in my house. I brought know? the pictures here. They didn't do anything. Sean brought these really creepy clown pictures from Redwood. Only one's a clown. It's all clowns to me. They're creepy and they have a very bad vibe about them. They're so cool. They're, they're, they're so like, creepy. They're like folk art. <laughs> I'm gonna go up and add it. Can we? Can you talk for a minute? I'll, I'll show everybody. Why. Are you really going to go all the way up in that? Eh? No. I won't. All right. Maybe you can for next time, baby. Maybe. They're no, so I really kind of cool. Like keep the clowns in the attic. <laughs> well, I, so, <laughs> I tried, but you figured out how to open the door, baby. So, anyways, <laughs> the. Oh, uh, you're not even going to acknowledge that? I don't understand what it. Keeping the clowns you're in the, the attic? No, you! <laughs> Honey. What, baby? That's just mean. Okay, ready? But you're not the scary clown. You're the funny clown. I thought you learned your lesson about hurting my feelings. You're not being I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. You just now you're talking about locking me in the attic. No. It's mm. not locked. Oh, lock. my gosh. Okay, anyways. <laughs> I have um when I was a kid, I had this seance. Um, at my house, which I've mentioned before. Um, and uh, it was like sixth or seventh grade summer. All the theater camp kids went back to my house because I my parents worked because I was the poor kid. Um, and why are you laughing? Because there's a problem right there. Theater camp kids doing a Ouija board. It Holy Moses. It wasn't a Ouija board because I wasn't allowed to have a Ouija board. It what was, was it? a pencil and yeah. it was called ghostwriting and ghostwriting is where you're supposed like the spirit just like the oh yeah like, like she that woman does on tv anyways for those people who don't know what that woman does on tv <laughs> is um it's basically the spirit is supposed to come down and take over your hand and write words or drop things and you're a conduit for what it's telling right so we had a seance and uh my um aunt, who's now dead, but was really cool, had given us this, me, I think, a necklace from some country that she was traveling in. It was a stone necklace and it was a face. Um, <laughs> and 
Everybody thought it was creepy, so we brought it to the stands. And so um, we were doing the automatic writing, the pencil caught on fire, and then this guy, also a theater kid, put on the necklace and refused to take it off. And like, he, like, another kid was like clutching him trying to pull the necklace off and he would not let this necklace off and like he was, he was a theater kid yeah but he was acting better than i have ever seen him act all throughout grade school and high school like he was supreme <laughs> he, he was doing role of possessed boy so well and he was like creepy and he was like emitting like this really negativity and all the rest of us were like ah, take it off take it off take it off and so Finally, this other boy got it off of him. We all run outside. Other details that are very creepy are like the, the curtains in our giant picture window were shut, but they had been opened at the start of the seance. Stuff like that. Super cool. We all run down outside and um, one of the kids, the other boy, throws the creepy stone face necklace into the woods between there's a stone wall, then woods, and then Hardy Road where I lived. And it flies through the air in a beautiful arc and lands in the brush. And uh, the other kid, necklace-possessed theater boy, goes running in trying to find it. No one can find it. Like, we never I never found it again. Ever. Really? Mm -hmm. Dang. I bet it's still there. Let's go look. I would go look, but I imagine it'd be under decades of leaves and creepy. We can find it with a metal detector. It was a rope and a stone, though. It must have had some metal on it, unless it had a hole drill, hole drilled through the stone. I think it did. <laughs> it was really creepy. It was very creepy. Regardless, was was necklace obsessed theater boy? Was that Matthew McConaughey? No, I think oh. he grew up in Texas. I'm sorry, honey. I'm so no, sorry. I'm saying you said he was he had good acting skills all of a sudden. Only that day. <laughs> That was my joke. Like, one of those kids. One of those kids ended up being a real actress. Another one of those kids had like toured already, like professionally. It was real theater kids. Like they were super. Yeah. Theater. Yeah. Dang. I don't know why I was in that group of people. Uh, and you lost a pencil kids. and a necklace. Out of I there. lost a pencil, a necklace, and our coffee table got a burn mark on it. Oh, did your mom get mad? She was like, "Were you smoking?" And I was like smoking like she thought i had somehow like smoked cigarettes she probably thought you were smoking weed and the seed popped out because back in the day we back then seed weed had seeds in it so the seed would have popped out and landed on the table and put a little burn mark on it there's no way in a million years that my mother thought i was smoking pot oh okay um the cigarettes were a mighty stretch for her. And she wasn't yeah. even mad. She was just like, you just need to tell me. And so then I had to tell her the whole seance story. Did you tell her? Oh, yeah. What, what'd she say? She was like, hmm. Basically. Because oh, the really? house was creepy. It was a creepy house. It was creepy. <laughs> Do you think your mom thought it was creepy? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I think so. as soon as my stepdad died, my mom started thinking of ways to move. Oh, really? Yeah, like there was like a window. Um, it was a ranch, and yeah. there was a. Oh, am I boring you? There was a window. <laughs> no. There was a window where the little dining room table was. Like you know, it had a little kitchen and then a little dining room. Um, yeah. and they're kind of connected. And uh, like my dad built it in like the fifties or something. So it's a really old fashioned ranch. But you could not 
like my mom couldn't sit at that kitchen table without pulling the shades and the curtains because it just always <laughs> felt even like in the so daytime sometimes in the daytime but always at night like the wow. moment moment the sun started setting my mom be like and you could feel like this creepiness and caught like the house caught fire like a million times in weird ways. Like you, say had a, you sure you didn't have like a stalker neighbor? <laughs> well, we there weren't back then any neighbors really except oh, the no kennel across neighbors. the street. No the kennel? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Was that noisy? I never noticed it. <laughs> That's good. No, yeah. But no, it was a creepy house. Like uh the it caught fire one time when I was in fifth grade and I had been doing automatic writing and I wrote a story about a girl who lived in our house, like the property before it was, our house was built and yeah. she got burned and her house burnt down and that's how she died. And so oh. I, the story freaked me out so much that I threw it in our wood stove, which is not something you're supposed to do with paper. And so the paper went up into the whatever that thing is in the wood stove. Yeah. And it caught fire, and then our, our attic caught fire. Well, the crawl space, because it wasn't a real big house. Oh, the crawl space. Oh, so you basically fire. had a chimney fire. Yes, we had a chimney yes. fire. And I saw this um, orange glow on the snow, and I felt forever guilty about it, because I knew it was my fault. And um, when they were <laughs> digging a well, something landed on our roof, and our roof caught on fire then. Like, it was wow. always lightning hit the house, like, a trillion times. It was a creepy house. I guess so. But I think the chimney fire was inevitable, baby. Well, Whether it was you. then or later. My mom said you're not so supposed to throw paper in the fire because paper paper is fine actually. It's things like it's things like magazines and stuff that are that coated with all kinds of chemicals that you're not well, supposed to put in there. It was a yellow legal pad paper. That's all right. Are you saying it wasn't really my fault? Hell no, it wasn't your fault. After all these years of guilt? Yeah. Okay. Creepy objects. <laughs> Your guilt. <laughs> <laughs> if I could put all my guilt into some sort of object, can you imagine how haunted and possessed it would be? Uh, I want to see it in like one of those, <clears throat> oh, no. like a dog toy or something that can just bounce around on the ground out of sheer frustration and guilt. And like, because there'd be so many like different kinds of guilt and stuff in there. It'd be like, it'd have be like a, a star inside of a little ball. Have you ever noticed like dog toys are never the haunted object? Why is that? I don't know. Because mm -hmm. dogs ferret it out right away. Oh, you think so? And then they throw it off the porch and you never see it again? I don't know if they'd get rid of it, but they'd be like growling at it and bite, probably trying to chew it up and all kinds yeah, of stuff. Yeah, but you'd be like, oh, look at the dog happily playing with his dog toy. It's growling and biting. And I don't know. If it was like not biting and it was standing a foot away just like ah, all the time, I might be like, okay, we're getting rid of the dog toy or the dog, one of the two. <laughs> Do you want to talk about a haunted object? That's not from our own life, or do you want me to go first? What do you want, babe? You go first. All right. This is from Ranker.com, and it is one of my most what haunted stories ever. And allegedly, it was in uh, the 1988, one of them, 1980, 1988 Unsolved Mystery episode that was, quote, so scary that it rarely re-airs today. What? 
Jeez. Um, Scarier than Zach Baggins. All right. So. Hey, don't make fun of my boy, Zach. I didn't say. I didn't say. I didn't make fun. All right. So, anyways, <laughs> there's this family, um, and the matriarch and patriarch were Debbie and Alan Tallman, which is a great last creepy name for creepy things to happen to you. Yeah, it is. It's like I saw the ghost. It was a tall man. The tall man. Right. And so according to this article, the tall man's, it feels like it should be tall men, doesn't it? But the tall man's had like every trope from every horror movie at the time happening in their house, right? Like, but what it was is they bought bunk beds, right? They bought bunk beds? Yes. Were they used or new? They were used bunk beds, uh, and they bought them from a secondhand store. Uh, prior to this, this was the catalyst in their in their story. Prior to this, their whole life had been <coughs> sorry normal, right? Like just chill. They're happy, tall man, right? But then uh -huh. they get the bunk bed. They bring it home. And all of a sudden, the doors in the house are opening, the doors in the house are closing, a chair is occasionally like not where the chair is supposed to be, and it's moving. And then it gets better because the kids, the tall man's kids, see an old, old woman. She's got long black hair and she glows. And like, Sometimes they see her, sometimes they see her in a glow, but both of those things, and sometimes they just see the glow, but it roams around their room. Wow. Yeah. That's creepy. It is creepy. All right. So then. I have one question real quick. I'm not going to know the answer. I don't think you are, but right. I think it's valid. Oh, With okay. that used bunk bed, did they also get used mattresses? I don't know. That's gross, babe. But I think used mattresses have a higher probability of being haunted than a bunk bed. Anyways, go ahead. In in the picture of the bunk bed, there's no mattresses on it. Well, maybe it's just that's... like an unused bunk bed because. <laughs> so it got creepier, right? Because whatever was happening seemed to start fixating on their youngest kid, Danny, right? And Danny was a lot more scared about what was going on than everybody else was, right? And he was just like, we need to move out. We need to move out now. I am Danny, right? <laughs> <laughs> but eventually the dad's like, I'm really sick of this. And so he screamed and he says, leave my kids alone. Bother me instead. The problem with this for me is that if this was happening in our house, you or I would have screamed that like the very first day. Like, it took him a while to scream that. Yeah. I'm just, I'm like, why did it take so long for you to do that? But anyways, so he screams at it. He's like, leave my kids alone. Bug someone older and wiser, whatever, taller, because they're Tommins. And so <laughs> apparently the ghosty thing was like, hmm, all right. And the next day, the very next day, Alan's in the house. And from the garage, he hears a voice. And the voice just says, come here. Right. So Alan is a brave man. So he goes into the garage and he sees a 
fire, but it's just not any fire. There's a fire with red eyes in it and fog is rising from the floor and the fog turns into more flames and the voice goes, you're dead. What? Yep. And then? And then, <laughs> somehow, these people were cool enough to have a babysitter, which is something we can't even do. But they're cool enough to go have a babysitter, and they're like, okay, here, babysitter, you're, the kids are hearing would you in the haunted house with the haunted bug beds. And the babysitter's like, yeah, I don't believe in anything. This is all BS, like blah, blah, blah. Super skeptic, right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't care. They tell her, you know, a house is haunted. They don't care. They're like, that's, you know, not true. It doesn't happen. But that same night, the babysitter sees the fog and the flames. What? Yeah. And wow. so then they're like, okay, other people are seeing it. And somehow other people seeing it was like, we're moving out. Right? Mm hmm But the thing is that like the the it all happened probably not because of the house, but because of the bunk beds, because it was like so the timing was so perfect. It does seem that way. And the littlest daughter, like, as soon as the bunk beds happened in their house, like, started having these dreams over and over again about witches and fires. And they're like, oh, it's just her overaction imagination. But then her brother started seeing those same, having those same dreams. And then Alan, the dad, gets this sinus infection. He has to go to the hospital because it was so bad. The mom goes to the hospital, too, leaves her mom in the house to watch the kids, right? Mom falls asleep on the couch. I don't know how, but she falls asleep <laughs> on the couch and she wakes up and there are red eyes staring at her. So she's just like, yeah, I'm never coming back here again. You all need to move. And so like, it's just amazing. Cause like the, the, it was just like all these different people having these things happen, which is what part of why it's a cool, scary story. Cause there's so many witnesses, right? you know, and then also, um, they like it. Um, like it's just so weird that it happened. And there's so many different aspects to the story. Like uh, one of them is like Alan, after he heard the voice calling and saw the red voice, and then he saw the fire. But then the fire disappears at the end of that. Their radio, like, um, would turn on by itself and change stations. That used to happen to me. As <laughs> you never moved did that ever happen to you as a kid like the radio change stations no yeah, and turning really. on my radio no. and my tv used to turn on no i don't think so not that i remember really yeah so um and then uh like they eventually got a preacher and the preacher's like yeah this house has a demonic presence you should they ever move you could come to my church <laughs> Well, eventually they were smart enough to figure out it was the bunk beds, right? Oh, did they get rid of them? And they got rid of the bunk beds. And then did stuff stop? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, that's really important. <laughs> and and also the original house that they had moved out of, bringing in the bunk beds, um, like a new family moved in there. They never had anything happen to them either. Oh, well, it must have been the bunk beds. Well, that's the theory. Did they burn them? <laughs> I don't know how they got rid of the bunk beds. <clears throat> Doug says mattresses are okay if you use those protective covers. <laughs> yeah, and, and we Carrie's, have some of those titanium-lined mattress pads here. 
Oh, we do, don't we? From when we used to rent the house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and Carrie said, I have a Welsh dragon carved out of coal that came from a mining disaster. It's neatly creepy. That sounds I'm sure cool. it is. Actually. It does, because you know, coal seems like one of those materials that just naturally begging to be haunted. <laughs> yeah. It's so creepy. Maybe the dragon flies around at night. <laughs> that would be amazing, actually. Yeah. So, so, yeah, that's the story of the haunted bunk beds, babe. That's a very interesting story. And what you've all learned, be very careful when you buy used furniture. <laughs> that's true. You, you never know what you're bringing in your house. Good Lord. And that includes clown paintings. I didn't buy it. Be very careful when you buy or bring used objects into your house. How's that? It was given to me out of goodwill and love, so it's all good. No, no, it wasn't. They're like, we need to get unload these creepy clown paintings on someone. Okay, maybe the, maybe the paintings had nowhere else to go. And I expressed a, a love for them. <laughs> Like an unnatural love. <laughs> it is. It is a little unnatural, honestly. He goes up in the attic several no. times a day. Honest to God, I have. I've thought about them probably twice since they've been here. Don't insult them like that. They're hear you. <laughs> They're beautiful. Beautiful. They're worth beautiful. a lot of money someday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cough, so can you tell your story? Oh, uh, my story is about the haunt the devil's rocking chair. Nice job. Thank you. Sorry, I had to suppress a burp, so <laughs> Oh my word. Okay, so you didn't have and to this tell is, that. This is from dummies.com. Which is probably the, one of our favorite sources for the no, it's it's podcast. the I, I I believe it's from the book series, you know, like Ghost Hunting for Dummies, oh. the one we have by Zach Baggins. We do have that because Zach Baggins is the one that wrote this article. So, are you serious? Yeah, this is a Zach Baggins heavy podcast because we know we all love and and watch Ghost Adventures, dude, bro, 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 what? bro, dude, bro, bro. Oh yeah, <laughs> we do watch. It. See, that's the dialogue right there. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling really angry. Feeling. <laughs> Any, oh yeah, that's Zach. <laughs> uh, anyways, so this He's wonderful. He's a wonderful human being, I'm sure. <laughs> this was a chair that sat in the in his family's house in the 1950s. Well. That's when the family inherited it, but it didn't start giving them trouble until the 1980s. When was he alive year... then? Who? It was in Zach Baggins' house, this chair? No, no, no. He oh. he, he purchased this. Oh, all right. For, for his museum. I think he owns every haunted object in the world now, as like I said earlier. <laughs> Most of I mean, he doesn't own the Hope Diamond or anything like that. But That's anyways. Really scary. Okay. In 1980, this 11-year-old boy, David Glatzel, supposedly became possessed by a demon. And one night he awoke screaming, claiming he had been visited by a man with big black eyes, a thin face with animal features, jagged teeth, pointed ears, horns, and hooves. Vampire? The 
Uh, just a demon. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> so, so shortly after, after that, David became quiet and withdrawn. And David's mom, older sister, asked her fiance, Arn Johnson, if he would stay with the family for a while and help, you know, kind of be a male figure for uh, David. So, a role model. Yeah, a role right. model. And and, it, and he he did, and he tried. But David's nightmares kept getting worse. And pretty soon he started saying he was seeing the man during the daytime. And the man, the demon man, was always sitting in this rocking chair, rocking. And nobody else in the family ever saw him, but they did see the chair moving of its own accord. Oh, really? Supposedly the only other person to see the demon was Lorraine Warren. Oh, do you want to tell people who Lorraine Warren is? <laughs> well, Ed and Lorraine Warren are like the front runners, the pioneers of ghost adventuring and investigating. Yeah. 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 Aren't, they also did the Amityville Horror House, right? I, I believe know. They so. were the conjuring people. Yeah, the, that's right. The con That was Annabelle the doll. But anyways... <laughs> They came the dogs, to, baby. Yeah, they came to the Getzel's house, and uh, because the parents called called them, and they started making regular visits there, bringing more priests, and there was a number of exorcisms, and uh, during one of them, the final one for David, the demon left him and supposedly went into his sister's fiance. Oh, I know this story. Yeah. And the fiance eventually. Uh, um, this is a terrible story. Eventually ended up stabbing their landlord to death with a little yeah. pocket knife. And then he became the first person in America that ever had the defense of demonic possession allowed in a courtroom. Which is amazing. Yeah, it is. Uh, how did that end up? I can't remember how it ended up. I'm reading up. it right now. Oh, well, I should have read he, he, re, he refused to accept the plea of not guilty for the demonic possession. That's the judge. Oh. He went to prison for yeah. first-degree manslaughter for a 10 to 20-year sentence. He only served five. But that's not very long. The so poor landlord's family. He still married David's sister after he was, after he was released. Really? So they yeah. almost have believed it was demonic possession then. Oh, probably. Because of everything that they had been, because you know, I, 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 uh, I had to shorten the story a lot. I'd be here for the whole podcast reading it, but, uh, but yeah. So that's the story. So any, so now supposedly anybody that happens to sit in that chair, which is in Zach Baggins' museum, <laughs> will suffer incapacitating sciatica or abnormal back problems. <laughs> Really? Some so bad they required surgery. So yeah. why do people sit in the chair then? Well, I don't think anybody does anymore because he's uh -oh. got it safely displayed. So it can't affect anybody. Oh. <laughs> but for a while, it doesn't say it in this article, and I believe it's the same thing. Or maybe it's a different chair, but there was a supposedly haunted chair in England. Oh, it's a I know this chair. one. I have you, it. You know it? Yes. So About that, it being in a museum? 
I don't know about that, but I know that oh, there was okay. a chair and it was called the killing chair of Thomas yeah. Busby, yeah. which is so sad because Busby was a beloved children's book character. Anyway, in June of 1702, according to the lineup.com, um, there were these two guys, right? Yeah. One guy, they're, they're having a little argument, right? And one drinking? gets, I don't know. Um, and they're having a hard time. So one gets bludgeoned to death. The other gets tarred, feathered, and hanged. So basically, the guy who was hanged killed the guy, bludgeoned the other guy to death. Okay. Because they were arguing about the hanged guy's wife. Um, and the hanged guy's <laughs> wife, right? Yeah. Was also the father of the guy's kill who was killed. Killed. How can Wait, a wife no. be a the son of the? I don't know. It's very confusing. So he kills his father-in-law. So he's a son-in-law, right? Yeah. And, and he go and like he's like, okay, bludgeon my father-in-law to death, whatever. And so he goes and he sits in his favorite chair. And it's not like a chair in his house. It's a chair in this nice little inn close to the murder. And eventually, the 1700s police department i guess yeah um finds him there right and they're like hey thomas busby you need to come with us and thomas busby's like no i'm not leaving this chair and they're like you gotta leave this chair you just killed your father-in-law come with us and he's like no and so they have to force him up out of that chair at the end right um and when he's goes to trial he's found guilty right Mm -hmm. They hang him at the closest crossroads. But before he died, Busby's like, I curse my chair. Anyone who sits in my chair will meet their death. And allegedly, at least 63 people have had yeah. untimely deaths. That is the one I was talking about because it was at a it was a bar stool, basically, like a bar at a bar chair. And it was the one he always sat in. Okay. And actually the version I read. Said they were fighting because the other guy sat in his chair. I don't think that's true. Okay. Regardless. They're it's just his, making the story cooler. Maybe. But anyways, supposedly that chair ended up in a museum in England. And to prevent anybody from, from sitting in it, they displayed it by hanging it from the ceiling. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I have a picture of it, actually. I have a Do picture you? of it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's definitely hanging from the ceiling. Is it? Yeah. Can you show it? Oh yeah, probably. Hold on. Oh, Keep talking for people. You were so excited. You were so excited. I thought you were gonna show it. Oh no, but I can. I think. Hold on. Oh, new Chrome tab. Here's a window. Is it this one? Let's hope it's this one. <gasps> there it is. Can you see it? No. Is it the big the big thing there with the slats on the back? Yeah, the man, that's the chair. That's a friggin' chair, all right. Wow. <laughs> that's like you can drink as much as you want, you'll never fall out of this bad boy. Yeah, it's pretty it's a scary looking chair, man. Dang. It's like yeah, it's a it's a chair of strength, you know? Like it sure is. I can see him hanging on to those like arms and like the spindles and like just refusing to let go. But Man. you kind of imagine that with all the cops lifting him out and everything, the chair would have gotten a little damaged and banged up on the floor. But it looks maybe, fun. maybe not. Maybe they just took, pick up the chair and took the whole rig out. 
I don't know. That's what I want to know. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, well, that's the scary chair. Yeah, that's the story I was talking about. That's funny. That the two versions are so, so divergent. Different. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's not yeah. cool. Um, I have a, a locally sourced news story. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. Really? Well, it's kind of, it's in our state. I'd love to hear it. All right. So recently, and you're going to have to go with me here because the haunted object is a gravestone. Ah, ha. Good enough. All right. So the Boston Globe just wrote about this yesterday. And my really? friend Sarah Fox sent it to me. Yes. So Westbrook, Maine, which is in southern Maine near the big city of Portland, for those of you who are not Mainers, has had a plethora of weirdness happening there. Really? Um, yeah. So, and the thing is that um, so now people are starting to call it the Bermuda Triangle of Maine. Really? Um, Westbrook, yes. did you say? Westbrook, Maine. Right? And they're well, all like, how, how can one town make a triangle? I don't know. Maybe it's a triangular <laughs> shaped town. Anyway. All right. So the first thing that happened there, right? And um, if I quote anything, all our quotes are in the podcast notes, but this is by Steve Anir and it's from the Boston Globe. The first weird thing that happened, right, mm -hmm. was a monstrously large snake. That was really? supposed to be living in the Presumpscot River. Yeah. Um, and that was back in 2016. And everybody was freaking out and searching for it um, because it was like there's, they found like this huge snake skin nearby. Yeah. Just like massive. I don't think they ever found the snake, but it was wow. enough. Huge snakes don't live in Maine. So nah. like this was a big deal. Right. The next thing is that. Westbrook had a massively, massively large ice disc in that same river. And like everybody went and they like would look at the disc. Our friend started making his own ice disc and uh, at Toddy Pond for a party. Like <laughs> it was this huge, perfect circle of a really? disc, right? Yeah. And like people came to look at it because it was so weird and curious, right? And then last year, there was a landslide um, and like two entire acres of soil ended up in this river. If you live in Maine, we are not a place that gets many landslides. So that was also like, what? All, all three of those events, the same river? Same river in oh, the okay. same town, right? Yeah. And so then <laughs> this week, a 19th century gravestone. It's just all of a sudden in the middle of a rural road, not just a rural road, but a winding, semi-deserted rural road. How and far no away one, from the cemetery? Really far. Nobody yeah. knows how it got there. Like the police didn't even know what cemetery it belonged to initially, I think. Um, and so the police chief, Sean Lally, um, who's worked there for over 20 years, said, there's definitely been some strange things over the years in Westbrook. It's kind of like the Bermuda Triangle up here in Maine. I don't know if they'll do a Twilight Zone episode here or what. <laughs> Does but that show there, still exist? I don't know. But there are some odd things that go on. We're going to rival Salem Mass with all the stuff going on here. 
<laughs> so anyways, what? He's, nothing. So the police like realized like such a loss, like with this haunted gravestone that appeared in the middle of the long and winding road that um, they wrote on Facebook a post asking for help. And the post was like, well, this is a new one. This apparently legitimate gravestone was located in the middle of Methodist Road this morning <laughs> and turned into us. And it's um, the gravestone reads, Ms. Mary, wife of David Pratt, died something 21-1840 at age 59. Huh. And then the update said, at this point, our best lead is that it came from the Old Baptist Cemetery in Yarmouth. We're so it's like came from an entirely different town, they think. Wow. We're coordinating with Yarmouth Police Department to see if that's the case. We appreciate all the information provided. We'll give a final update. Huh, did they? Uh, no, that's like uh, the last thing, right? Yeah. Um, but if you look on Find a Grave, it which shows like where everybody's buried, like all my relatives are on Find yeah. a Grave. You they like did indeed show that there's a David and Mary Pratt at the old Baptist Cemetery 15 miles away. Really? Yeah. Dang. But That's it's crazy. the best lead. Although the gravestone picture that shows up on Find a Grave yeah. is not the same gravestone oh. that's in the middle of the road. <clears throat> Oopsie. Yeah. So they're like, I don't know. They don't think it was vandalism. They don't think it was nefarious. They like just don't know what happened. They're like, maybe uh, it they was took nefarious. it out. Yeah. They're like, maybe when Mary's husband died, they took her gravestone out and put the joint one in. But that still doesn't explain why it's in the middle of the road wow, after man. 160 years later. Well, when was the last time it was spotted at the cemetery? Well, that's, they, don't, they know. don't know. Yeah. So, like, it's pretty weird. And that's huh. and that snake skin was yeah. ten feet long. Really? Yeah. That's, I know you love snakes, so I'm there's no there's no either. main snake that's anywhere near that for sure. No, no, and people allegedly saw the snake, which people um said was as long as a truck. It must have been an escaped pet. I guess. But I think at that time, I think I remember them being like, has anyone lost their snake? We're not going to press charges. I'm sure they were. <laughs> That's funky. There's That's now, they had a day-long festival in honor of the snake, by the way. They did? Yeah. I'm sorry we didn't go. Dang, I think Respect's just trying to make some money. It does feel a little Because it's like the police. That. Remember that? There used to be a ghost hunting show that was... Like this police sergeant invited them to this town. Remember oh, that? Yeah, that was the guy who used to be with Zach Baggins and some lady. Yeah, that's right. Wow, how's that for recall? Good job, good job. And then I, and, I and then, was Ghost Brothers, but okay. I know it was. It was a good I show love too. That show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but it does seem like, hey, let's get some publicity for Westbrook. Exactly, this is exactly. next Salem. Like it could be quite the tourist industry. Hey, good oh, job. Jenna said, Jenna said, I doubt they'll ever top Salem, but that's lasting karma. But Maine has always had dark pieces and a creep factor. All of New England has its tales. Yes, we do. 
Yeah. Yeah. Creepy, creepy place. <laughs> Including Everywhere. my house on Hardy Road in Bedford, New York. Everywhere is a creepy place. <laughs> Especially inside Sean's brain. Oh, yeah. Super creepy. Good joke, zing, though, baby. Zing. There's, no zing. there's no zing when it's the truth. <laughs> Do you have a story about a creepy object, baby? Sure. I have a story about Robert the doll. Oh, gosh. Not a doll. Oh my God, how did I end up on another doll? You're all about the dolls. I didn't do that on purpose. Uh huh. It's because your brain's a creepy place. (laughs) The life size straw doll had been a birthday present for Robert. Wait, honey, tell people where you're quoting from. I'm quoting from all of my stuff is from dummies.com. Okay, thank you. All of it. All right. The life size straw doll had been a birthday present for Robert Eugene Otto or Gene, as his family called him. And the young boy loved it. It was given to him by his grandfather, who bought it while on a trip to Germany in 1904. And we know those were very haunted years. Dressed in one of Gene's sailor suits, the doll became his favorite toy. He took it everywhere and became, began calling it Robert after himself. Soon things became a little strange. Wait, so he named the doll after himself? Yes. My mom does that. did that when she was alive with her cars. Really? Yep. That's kind of weird. I know. Naming stuff after yourself. It's like, what is that, egotistical or? It's like what Alexander the Great did. All those cities <laughs> named Alexander. <laughs> well, that's different, man. <laughs> Although I wouldn't name anywhere Sean. <laughs> Welcome to the great city of Sean. That's right. Sean of the dead. The story says that Otto (laughs) and their servants would often hear Gene in his bedroom having conversations with himself in two different voices. On on many occasions, the family was awakened in the middle of the night by Gene's screams, only to find the frightened boy in bed, surrounded by overturned furniture and scattered toys. (laughs) Gene... Gene, being the smart Who's boy Gene? that he Gene's the kid, the real human kid. I thought he named the doll Robert after himself. His name is Robert Eugene Otto. Oh. Uh, Everybody called him Gene. All right. So Gene, being the smart boy that he was, claimed that it was Robert who had messed up the room. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> when things moved across the house and were toys are broken or lost, Gene always stated that Robert did it. And while the parents didn't quite believe the boy, they were unnerved by the strange events and bothered by stories told by the servants of hearing small footsteps and laughter in the house when it was should have been empty. People who passed by the auto house at 534 Eaton Street, oh, in Key West, Florida. There you go, Bay. Even claimed to see the doll staring at the window at them. Ooh, when cool. Jean left home to study art, Robert was moved to the attic. Robert all, <gasps> where he remained for many years and got bitter. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, don't, I added that. Oh, see, that's, and stuff, that's why you never put your stuffed animals away. I know. Them out, yeah. One night we're going to wake up and our attic's just going to be pounded like because there's so much crap up there. Dude, that's so creepy. That's right. We have the Elsa doll downstairs so we can send her up to quiet all the other stuff. In, ni- in okay. 1930, Jean, Jean married 
Annette Parker in Paris, and after his parents passed away, he moved back to the house in Key West. He retrieved Robert from the attic because he was crazy and really missed him. <laughs> I added that too. And returned, <laughs> and returned him to his old turret room on the second floor, which he had turned into his studio. There are many tales in Key West about Annette's disdain for the doll. That would be Jean's new wife. Conflicting rumors are still told, some alleging that she died from insanity after locking Robert back in the attic. <laughs> while, oh others, while others claim that Jean died with Robert at his side. What we do know is that Gene passed away in 1974, and his wife died two years later. So Gene died. She put the Robert back in the attic, and then he came down like Chucky and had his revenge. That is no. <laughs> there was a movie about Robert. Did you know that? Was there? Yeah. No. Yeah, there was definitely what? a movie. It was called Curse of Robert the Doll. Well, Robert stayed with the house when it was sold to Myrtle Reuter, who owned it for the next 20 years. Those who passed by the house always saw Robert looking out the second floor turret room window. Maybe because Mary Myrtle had set him up there. That <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Today, Jean's former residence operates as a bed and breakfast called the Artist House. And visitors, visitors can even stay in the old turret room. That's Although it cool. doesn't say if they have any experiences. <laughs> That's cool, though. Maybe we should move on. Away move from on the to what? No, there is no such a thing. I have not yet spoken about Annabelle. Now, go ahead, baby. Oh. I'm, right, just, so, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so there's like um, there's this very famous actor called, his last name was Valentino, Rudolph Valentino. I've heard of him even. Yeah, and that's how famous he was. Um, he not Matthew McConaughey level of famous, but you know, pretty close. So, yeah. anyways, he had this ring, and it was a very, very austere ring. It wasn't like woo glam or anything. It was silver. It was simple. Honey, you're making so much noise. And oh, it had I'm a sorry. semi, and it had a semi precious stone in it, right? And he saw it, and he just had to buy it, right? Yeah. Um. And uh, I think he saw it somewhere in San Francisco. And he's like this amazing movie star for the time, like just huge thing. And um, he like died really soon, like at the age of 31. And he was wearing that ring, right? He, had, yes. uh, he died because he had a surgery for bleeding ulcers and it just didn't go very well. 100,000 people mourned outside the funeral home. It was a big deal. So they take his ring off and they give it to his lover, who is an actress named Pola Nigri. Um, and she is like one of those vampy, really sexy actresses. And she, <laughs> boom, falls ill. Like, boom, I'm super sick, right? Yeah. And as she's recovering, like her whole career stops, right? Like, it's, I don't know exactly why, but she like just loses her whole, like, everything she's um, out of the game yeah and she's just like you know what i don't want this ring anymore i'm gonna give it to this young guy who's a singer named russ colombo so she takes off the ring she gives it to russ right she mm -hmm. part of the reason is like because he reminds her of valentino and then russ gets shot to death 
And so then the ring goes to Russ's friend, Joe Casino. Casino's like, I don't know about this ring. And he puts it under some glass, right? But then he's like, ooh, I'm tempted. Ooh, I'm tempted. I'm going to put that ring on. I'm going to put on that ring. Part of what is amazing to me is how these, this ring fit all these people's fingers. But whatever. It he's probably like, sized itself right to their finger. Man. I do not know. So he puts on the ring, and then a week later, a truck hits him. And he does. What happened to the ring? Did it fly off his finger? Land on some innocent woman's hand? No. His brother gets it. And his brother's oh. like, yeah, no. Puts it in a safe, locks the safe, the safe's in his house. But then this guy named Jim Willis, not the Bar Harbor police chief, another guy named Jim Willis goes into the house to steal it. He steals it. He sets off the alarm. And when the police get there, they shoot and kill him. And inside what? his house, inside is the his, ring? Yeah, in his ring. In his pocket, and so they're like, okay, we're going to put that back in the seat. <laughs> That's crazy. Where's the ring at now? So then this director named Edward Small took the ring out because he wanted to make a movie about Valentino, right? And so he hires this actor nobody knows of at the time, I guess, Jack Dunn. He's like, you're going to be Valentino. Here, wear the ring. Two weeks later, Dunn dies. What? Dunn dies of a blood disease. He Dunn died? He Dunn died. (laughs) So now it's in a vault in a bank somewhere. Really? Yeah. Sounds like it better stay there. I think it's a pretty amazing story. Okay. Doug Marshall said, I take that. offense to this, Valentino <laughs> was a bigger star than McConaughey. Okay. Let me just ask you this one question, Doug. Did Valentino ever do Lincoln car commercials? <laughs> Did he have a catchphrase like, all right, all right, all right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jenna said that she thought her dad was the only one to know the tale. I'm assuming the tale of the ring, which is. I would cool think so, tale. too. That's pretty cool that some that somebody, in this case, Jenna, heard about it as like a story Probably your dad like, tells you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like uh, what you, like an urban legend kind of format, right? Yeah. So you know it's been around for a while. For a long while. I mean, right? yeah. And that's so cool. Well, I mean, it was so long ago that Valentino was in the silent era and of movies and how, you know, it's old. Another old cursed object is um the Hope Diamond. Yeah. Yeah, and that one, we live in Bar Harbor, and that one has a big Bar Harbor connection, right? It does. Because these two people, if I mess up this story, tell me, honey. (laughs) Um, Never. Never. uh, (laughs) Two young, all right, so Bar Harbor for a very long time was the ritzy ritz of the ritziness um, of the Gilded Age, and people like the Rockefellers and the Astors and all these super famous people shaws like would come here in summer right yeah they would have summer cottages they call but they're really mansions and they just hang out for the summer and party um basically and go into our national park and party some more and cre- so, well, that, they, they created the park those people. they also created the park so two of them 
were married and that more than two of them were married, but the specific two was Evelyn and Ned McLean, right? Um, and they first their wedding present, they get a mansion, like is you know, these are pretty freaking wealthy people, right? Yeah. Um, and their lives just went down into like horrible stuff, like scandal and madness and total ruin. And everyone thinks that it happened just like the ring coinciding with their ownership of the hope diamond right um so basically these two people are married right they're yes. like yay we're happy um and they fall in love but then ned starts like he's always been a big drinker so evelyn even though he's super wealthy is like i don't know I don't know if I should marry you. I don't know if I should marry you. Then she finally gave in, right? Um, they elope, go to Colorado. They have a, a three-month honeymoon in the Europe and in the Middle East. They Their parents give them $200,000 in 1908 for it. Um, <laughs> and they like just go through all that money so fast that they can't even pay for their hotel in Paris. That fast? that fast they Holy go crap. they go back home to dc blah 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 but they summer up here right they're yeah. best friends with like president harding um and ned turns out to be this horrible influence on that president and um it is in paris in 1910 that they first see the diamond right at the time it was the most expensive item like i think the branding was it's the most expensive item you can hold in your hand now it's worth like over 200 million dollars so it's really yeah it's a big deal thing so cartier or cartier um the famous jeweler sold it to them but he told them about the curse right um and the curse is that the original french man who um the merchant stole the diamond from the eye some people say the forehead of a of a statue of a hindu goddess right Ooh, and then move. and then allegedly some wild dogs dogs ripped him apart as they will um and so then it ended up um being a princess's princess de lambelle's i think um diamond and then the french mob beat her to death and so then marie antoinette <laughs> took the it. diamond I don't know what happened. Hey. But Marie Antoinette owned it for a while, and you know she didn't do very well. And then a sultan bought it, and he lost his throne. And then his concubine wore it, but she died super young. Um, but all those stories are BS. Like none really? of them are true. Yeah, they're all fake. They're all fake. But there's allegedly still a curse on the diamond. The only person who really had the diamond out of all those people. Or who were like actually, you know, died horribly was Marie Antoinette. Really? So, yep. So they buy the they buy the diamond, right? For $154,000. He like is at this time the managing editor of the Washington Post. Evelyn takes the stone. She's like, let's have it blessed in a church. And as that's happening, lightning hits a tree and it falls across the street. And she's like, I don't really believe in this curse, but she refused to let anybody else touch the the, the diamond. Yes. <laughs> the only uh, the only living creature that she liked that she'd let touch it was her dog. What? Her dog, her dog would wear it at parties sometimes. 
Oh my god. So then the diamond, right? Like, um, like Ned's mom, like the whole time, she's like, "Do not buy this diamond. Do not buy this diamond." And she dies like a year within the time they buy the diamond. Really? And she, I kind of feel she was probably like, "What a waste of money!" Because she knew how they went through money. But anyways, um, she dies that year. Evelyn's dad dies that year. She becomes addicted to morphine. Ned drinks more and more and more and more and more and more and more. And he's like such so shaky because he drinks so much. He has to wear a sling. Really? Like because his hands are so shaky. Evelyn's <sighs> mental health just keeps going bad and bad. She hallucinates. People come to her party. She has no idea who they are. Um, Ned builds like a, you know, like an in-house sanitarium for her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on the top floor or attic sure. of their mansion. And um, then ah. they're, they're, <laughs> they got so paranoid that um, they basically hired bodyguards for their firstborn son to watch over him because um, they were positive that the diamond was going to curse them. Um, what did they just get rid of it? I don't know. But when he was nine, he slipped away from his bodyguards, ran yeah. into the street. And got run over by a car. And died? Yeah. Oh, damn. And then <laughs> later, their daughter um, wears a diamond to her wedding. She's 19. Her, her husband's 57. Um, and he was a jerk. He was a Nazi sympathizer. Um, and so um, she kills herself six years into the uh, into the marriage. I don't think you can blame the diamond on that one, though. Um, nah, that's a stretch. I agree. And... But many people think that Evelyn's true curse was Ned because Ned was such a mess. <laughs> That's funny. He peed into the East Room fireplace of the White House. That's what a mess this guy is. He Why did he do that? Because he was drunk, hanging out with his president friend and just didn't feel like going in the bathroom, I guess. I'd do that, but it would be dependent on who the president was. And then he also got this bear. It was a trained bear, allegedly. He brought he, it. He bought a bear? No, he brought a bear <laughs> to a brothel in Florida. Yeah. And it mauled, like, ladies inside the brothel. What? Yeah, this is what kind of guy this guy was. Why would you bring a bear to a brothel? I don't I mean, why would you bring know. a bear anyways, but anywhere, but dang. Jeez, that guy was crazy. Yeah, he had like he he was hanging out with the attorney general Harry Dougherty, and Harry was like this guy who had like twenty four seven parties at his house, yeah. which he called the Love Nest. And um, so Ned, <laughs> I bet he did. Ned brought some um, prostitutes to the Love Nest and, it's called and bears, and potentially a bear, but I can't verify that. And people started throwing things at each other. Yeah. And then someone hit the bottle, hit one of the ladies in the head, and she died. And that was a fault of the whole diamond? There. Yes. And the president was there. <laughs> Which president was that? Harding. It was Harding. Oh, it was Harding? Harding was naughty. I think this is all in that book we have. Yeah, actually. there's a book, Bar Harbor Babylon. And afterwards um so evelyn dies and in her will she gives the diamond to her grandchildren but they're like uh we have no money from them so we they sold it to the jeweler harry winston to pay her estate taxes and then winston gave it to the um smithsonian museum of natural history where 
You can't it still it. resides? Yes, it's still there. That's cool. They have so it locked up in a curse-proof plexiglass box. I've seen it. It is in a box. Have you seen it? I might have seen it. I've been to the Smithsonian. You have. I don't remember it. Yeah. Oh, wait. Let me see. What's in my pocket right here? Just kidding. Oh! I'll steal that in a heartbeat. Your gem, the gem is... I would no, steal it. Can't. No, don't go the way of Ned and Evelyn. Oh, I wouldn't have it long. I'd sell that thing. Oh. Well, if it's Valentino's ring, you wouldn't be able to sell it quickly enough. Uh, let somebody else hold it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, hey, kid. Hey, kid. Come over that's here. That's right. Come here. I need this you to put of, this in your pocket. Hold this rock candy. <laughs> Anyways, do you have anything else you wanted to say about spooky objects or curses? No, objects? but I wish yeah. I had one. You want a no? Don't. I do just I want some tangible piece of the paranormal. I don't well, want we that. Have such a nice life. I don't want bad stuff. You know. I kind of feel like the word cursed or spooked. I said tangible piece of the paranormal. <laughs> You're right. It's about cursed objects, but. I want. Some, I just want something that's like funny, like Harry Potter. Like I want a picture that talks to us or something. Oh, that'd be nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want a I picture. Want... I want a picture to hang on the front deck that asks you the password to get in the house. How? Cool. What, what kind of lock system would that be? Amazing. We should do that. We could sell a hundred thousand million of those to Stephen King. Who? Anybody? A portrait of a portrait of the homeowner, whoever. And they oh say my word. what's the password? It's like a hologram. And if you say the right password, the electronic lock opens up and lets you in. Do you only get three tries before you're locked out forever? Don't anybody steal my idea. Okay? <laughs> oh no. Yeah, it's like an iPhone. If you screw up too many times, you're permanently banned. Ever. You can never go over your friend's house again. You got to get like a court order to get in your own house. Uh, Jenna said, if you want to learn more about haunted cursed objects, look up Lorraine Warren, which we briefly referenced you did earlier. Yeah. She has some tales. I'm sure she does have some tales. Jeez. I know. Those two, those two definitely Had got into tales. some crap. Hey, I've kept it. Clean tonight, no explicitness. I know, and and our and our chat has been much quieter. Maybe you need to not be quite so clean. I'm telling you. I think you're right. <clears throat> we were too sedate. It was an experimental podcast tonight. And then the experiment was: Can Sean behave? Do people react better when Sean behaves or worse? And apparently, better, more. They react more. When you next week, please behave. join us for ghost sex. <laughs> and demon domination. That is not. Oh Your brain is a creepy place. Oh, all right, all right, all right. If there's one, <laughs> never mind, never mind. Yeah, don't go wherever you're going. Why don't you say thank you to everyone for being so lovely and to share a little bit of their time with us? Thank you so much, people, for sharing an hour of your life with us. 
<laughs> John Bell says, now we're talking. All I know right. he was quiet the whole podcast. Now, the whole podcast. now we got next week's episode's contest. Can, can we talk? Will Facebook let us talk about ghost sex? Heck yeah. I don't know. Somebody's going right. to report us. So the people have to go to another platform besides Facebook. No, we don't want to make people work. Ah, look, there see? are plenty of those stories. All right. I know. You're going to do all that's the research. That's like me. my one big dream, really. Really? Like ghost. You're sex. saying this in front of your wife. I want. You. No, that's like my paranormal. That's like my proof of paranormal right there. If you're laying in bed next to me and I'm virtually being raped by a ghost, I know it's real. That's oh god. I won't enjoy it. You're, Trust oh me. Oh my god. I will not enjoy it. I'll be screaming in my sleep. Stop it, I'm married. <laughs> oh, no. No. Oh, Jason, I believe Anna Nicole has said that she had a had sex with a ghost before. Anna yeah. Nicole Smith. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Maybe we can do it, but I don't know All how right. to do it. We'll All do right. it. We don't have to use explicit words or we don't have to be really graphically detailed. That's like, still going to be hard for me. He had the biggest ghost car I've ever seen. No, never mind. Okay. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. If We're going to leave now before tonight. we get explicit. Yes, because Sean just went right there. Right there. Got right on, right so on my worried. subject. We're so worried about next week. But here we go. Hopefully here we go. Bye. Have a great weekend. Yeah, Have a great so weekend, people. I hope you all got Monday off for a holiday. Yay. Boop. Boop. Thank you for listening to Loving the Strange. Please be sure to like and subscribe. And remember, embrace the strange. New episodes every Saturday, live streaming Fridays. Go get your strange on, friends. Thanks for listening.